Word Matters is my new series. In it, I chat with people that I admire. I ask them to identify one word that matters most to them. It's a simple ask, but not an easy answer, as on average, we know 40,000 words. I then ask my guests why. How's that word influence them, inspire them, help them make choices, and a focus on where they're going next? Today on Chatter That Matters, I chat with a self-made, globally proclaimed TEDx speaker, best-selling author, contributor to Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, has declared him one of the top 100 business speakers in the world. Bobby Omar, welcome. Thank you, Tony. Happy to be here. Bobby, let's begin with the essence of this podcast. What word matters most to you and why? So the word I've chosen is fulfillment. And the reason I chose fulfillment is because I've learned over the years as an entrepreneur and as a parent that a lot of people focus on finding happiness and joy, which are really, really good things. But the truth is fulfillment it embodies everything from joy and pain and the entire diverse range of emotions you, that you go through when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a parent. And it's partly attached to purpose and focus and impact. And so, you know, one of the ways I describe it is that as a, as a dad, you know, when my daughter was crying as a little baby and I'm holding her and it's the middle of the night and I'm tired and I'm not getting any sleep, and my back's hurting, but I'm still enjoying myself because I'm feeling fulfilled. I'm feeling on purpose. And so that fuels me. And so for me, fulfillment is everything. Same with my entrepreneurship journey, right? There's the pain, there's the stress, there's all the things going on, there's the uncertainty aspect, there's the overwhelm of information and tasks to do, yet I'm fulfilled because I'm on purpose, I'm on task. And so for me, fulfillment is everything that we should be striving for in our lives. So Bob, you've carved out an exceptional path. You've got so much to share in terms of personal branding and networking. We'll get to that. But before we go there, I want to go back in time. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up. I grew up in New Brunswick on the East Coast. Uh, my family had moved here about three months before I was born. And so I was kind of the first born of my generation in Canada. And I grew up in a small town, uh, St. John, New Brunswick, then just outside of that. Uh, I was the kind of kid who played on the street all day until it was dark. Um, yeah, and it was interesting because also, and I also was a visible minority, but, uh, you know, it didn't really, no one really cared very much because there was theoretically so few of us that it wasn't really much of a difference. But uh, it, it was interesting to grow up there because I, I was totally westernized compared to my parents who often wondered, why are you so different than us? Well, it's because I grew up here in Canada, mom and dad, you know, that, that's kind of how it was. Well, talk a little bit about those dynamics. I mean, what lessons did you learn from your parents? I mean, they're bringing a lot of their values and what they, their beliefs from a, a different part of the world, they bring it into Canada. What lessons did they give you and which ones do you still carry with you today? Well, I think the big ones are their work ethic. I mean, you know, my dad was a workhorse. He worked all the time, day in, day, in, day out. But he also balanced it by spending time with their family all the time. So for me, the work ethic that my, both my mom and dad had was huge, and I take that with me today. Their devotion to family, not just the, the regular family, but also extended family. You know, they host a lot of gatherings. They were, they were the type of people that everyone would call for advice. Uh, they were kind of the bedrock of the community. And so uh, when I think of family, when I think of, work ethic, when I think of community, that's exactly what I've taken from my parents today. So I, I looked at your education and your career path, and I, the polite way to say it would be eclectic. <laughs> Engineering, brand management, uh, performing arts, and teaching. 
And in an interview, you describe that even with all of that variety, even with touching so many different areas, you still felt lost and stuck. Why was that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that part of it was I never really took the time to understand what drove me, what my values were. And I kind of went with what other people were saying. So, for example, I did engineering because I was good at math and physics. So my teacher said, go do this. You know, I went into marketing because I love people. I love communication. So this, people said, yeah, you should do that. You might you might find that really enjoyable. And, uh, you know, I went into performing arts because I did, I did love it, but I didn't really think of it as a business perspective. So, you know, I never felt that I truly fit in any one of those places that was lost or stuck or unfulfilled, as I use the word, in certain ways. You know, engineering was unfulfilling because it wasn't really piquing my, my interest in terms of my creativity. Uh, brand marketing wasn't, um, uh, wasn't fulfilling because of the work-life imbalance that I had. And uh, performing arts wasn't fulfilling because... I couldn't live on how little I made. So trying to figure that out actually was really, really important to me. And so that's why I would say back in the day, I felt lost and stuck and unfulfilled. But then once I dove my personal brand and, and aligned with my values and what I thought I, I could give to the world and became that professional speaker, then I started doing that for the next 15 years. And that was great. So how did that come about? I mean, you, you, you go from four different careers, not being fulfilled, and then you reach inside yourself and, and, decide that you're going to become this professional speaker. Just give us a sense of that, because there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are struggling with, they're not quite fitting in. They don't feel fulfilled. They're looking at doing something different. So what gave you the conviction and courage to actually make that change? I mean, there was two things that happened. So so number one uh, was uh, my friend, my, my closest friend. So the, my, my best friends in my life, when I when I left brand marketing, I was like, you know, what am I going to do now? Because I don't want to do this again, and I don't want to start at the beginning again. And a lot of my friends, I had calls with my friends because, as you normally would do, trying to figure things out. And they all started saying, you know, have you ever thought about doing something around speaking or teaching? I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, it, it's been brought up many times over the last five, ten years, but I've always ignored it for various reasons. And so that made me think about maybe I should try something like that. And then the second thing that uh, came my way was actually uh, my wife got really sick. She almost died of E. coli. Uh, she was in the ICU at the hospital. I took care of her for two months after that. And then we, we had to like look at ourselves and say, you know, what, what's important to us? What do we care about? Like, what are we doing? And that started my whole path to think about what's important to us, what values we want to live by, what kind of lifestyle do we want? And that was that was my ad hoc journey into personal branding, which I didn't know at the time was what I was doing. So I did a whole deep dive. I did some surveys, I did online assessments, I did all this exploration to really figure this out. And that combined with my friends saying, you need to do something like this. That's when it all kind of aligned really well. I said, well, you know what, this is perfect. I will, I will become a motivational speaker and let me just go forward. So as you go forward as a motivational speaker, and you, you've learned about yourself, what I'm really interested in because we, we know that you've had incredible success on stage, is again, listening on behalf of the listeners. And they're trying to understand how do they stand out? How do their ideas get heard? How do people pay attention to this age of noise? What advice can you give to them in terms of what it takes to build their personal brand and why it matters so much? Yeah, so the most important aspect of personal branding is the commitment to the process. Most people don't want to do the work, right? It takes work. It's like doing a resume, which takes 10 hours to put together. You got to do 20 hours of work to really dive in, understand, get feedback, do that analysis, build that self-awareness, and figure that stuff out. Because once you do that, and here's where the benefit is, once you actually do that, 
whatever your goal or objective is in life, whether it's to build your career or to build a business or to have a digital marketing content strategy out there, it's going to come with more focus and more clarity and more impact. And that's where personal brands are going to help you because when you have that more, when you have more focus, you get better results. You get better clarity and direction and purpose. And when you have more alignment, the things you care about, there's more interest-based motivation and values alignment and meaningfulness and fulfillment. And when you have more, and when you do put those two things together, focus and alignment, you then get more impact, better results, better success, better story, and better legacy. And that's why I would say start with that because that's what's going to get you on the path. Most people are not willing to start and most people are not willing to commit to the process. But once you do, I can tell you it is incredible once you actually come up with that brand strategy for the rest of your life that says, this is what I need to do to be happy and fulfill the rest of my life. And so when that happens, you want the rest of your life to start right away. And it becomes very, very exciting and very, very empowering. And ever since I did have that day, I've been smiling ever since. I want to take a second to give a shout out to RBC. RBC, your words matter to me. It made it possible for me to create podcasts and videos and posts. Together, we've offered insights and inspiration and ideas to help everyday Canadians and small business owners get to where they need and deserve to go. And you've never asked anything in return. And it's not just me. Every day, you exchange words of advice with millions of Canadians. RBC, your word matters. So your second core purpose is networking. And you live by those words. And you have 500,000 followers on Twitter, 21,000 on LinkedIn. Share some of your secrets of building your own publishing empire. Well, I think the big thing is uh, having a having a voice, you know, having having a, something to say. Like, what, what is it you want to say? Like, what do you want to say? That Someone asked me that before I got on Twitter. I remember I was at a keynote and uh, someone said, you should be on Twitter, Bobby. I'm like, why? They're like, don't you have a message for the world? I'm like, you're darn right I do. And so that's when I came up with what's my message for the world, you know, about connection and authenticity and, and heart leadership and all the things I want to talk about. So number one, make sure you have a clear message. Uh, number two, have a clear aligned brand. And number three, bring value everywhere you go, because the best way to build followership is to make sure you speak on that stage, share your voice, be heard, do it in an aligned, branded way that targets your audience and, and tells them exactly what they want to hear in terms of bringing that value. And when that happens, the followers will come. And there's other, you know, other tactics in terms of collaborating with other influencers, using the leverage, leveraging different hashtags and strategies to build attention towards the stuff you're talking about. But really it comes down to you know, building, and now on LinkedIn I have over 60,000 followers across both my company page and my profile. And on Twitter, almost 480,000 followers. And I've built that because uh, I have a strong message, but also because I engage people too. And I, I engage them in a very strategic way. And that provides value for them. And when that happens, they follow you. And I can also add, add for you, like the same things happen now. The, the hottest craze right now is Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. I've been there for three weeks. I now have 1,900 followers and 700 people following my club, my new club that I opened. Because having a strong brand and having a strong message is what attracts people. So let's combine the two, personal branding and networking. Sure. How do they feed off of each other so that you come across with substance, your content is valued versus spam or overpower? That's a good question. So you know, if you've done the whole analysis of your brand, you'll actually have a clear identity of what makes you tick, but also you have a better understanding of how other people tick and what makes that what their brands are, even after meeting them for five minutes. So when I'm talking to people at a network event or whether it's online, I'm able to communicate exactly what I'm doing and how I can help them 
even without even telling without even telling them point blank. They just know because I've asked questions and I've probed into their story and, and listened to them with empathy. And pretty soon within five minutes, I find a way to help them in whatever way that matters to them. And I'm creating that connection. And so by having a strong online brand, you actually know how to network better. You know how to communicate better. You know how to sell yourself better. And that's why when you network, you become even more memorable than most people in the room. So my final question is that a lot of your world is face-to-face. -face. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about how to network uh, and it's all about uh, shining eyes and hearts beating, and as you said, generous listening, spontaneous connections. But today we've moved over to Zoom. And if you're lucky to be face-to-face, -face, this mask acts like a moat. What advice can you give the listeners on how to make a virtual world work for them? That's a good question. I think that uh, one is try to do as much visual stuff as you can because the visual presentation tells you 100 times more than just the audio presentation. It's the first thing. The second thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, we have to play to our strengths. So it's important for you to do a deep dive and understand what your strengths are to know how to leverage them, particularly in a virtual platform. Again, I'll go back to the personal branding piece because, again, the more aligned and clear and focused your brand is and your target is, then the messaging, whatever your LinkedIn profile says, whatever your website says, you have to break through that clutter and build that trust with people. And so if you want to do well in the virtual world, you have to you know, build that trust with people by engaging them in that way. And so those are things you can do to try to, you know, and, and in some certain aspects of the virtual world, you kind of have to enhance certain things and uh, learn the technology, learn the tools, the trade to get better at uh, leveraging virtual because it's here to stay. And so we have to learn how to do that. You know, I've been a speaker on stage for thousands of talks on, with, in front of thousands of people, but now in virtual, it's totally different. And so I've had to evolve myself. Just like networking, when I talked about it 15 years ago and then social media came that way, I had to evolve my networking to include LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. And so just like this for virtual, we have to learn to evolve and use the tools and get good at them so that we can actually present ourselves in the best light. So Bobby Amar, you offer a number of courses and ways that people can learn from you. Uh, what's the best way to reach you? Best way to reach me is either through, uh, well, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, all the place at Rayhan Bobby, which is my handle, or you can check my website, uh, rayallen.com, and my other website, dypb.ca. Bobby Mar, thank you for joining me on Chatter That Matters. And what I really took away uh, from the talk today is number one, uh, do your homework. Uh, if you're going to commit to making a personal brand, it's not just a, a piece of paper, it takes time, 20 hours, invest it. Once you have it, you have the sense of who your essence is and why you matter. Use that, take advantage of that, and present content that's meaningful, that matters. Start building it out into the social network. Watch them feed off each other. And then when you move into the virtual world, understand that that's just a different channel and it has to be mastered like everything else. You, my friend, are a master, and I thank you again for joining me in Chat of the Matters. Thanks, Tony. Pleasure to be here. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters. Download Chatter That Matters wherever you get your podcast or follow me at chatterthatmatters.ca or on Twitter at, at Tony Chapman. Let's chat soon.